This is episode 31 of the Higher Christian Life broadcast, and my name is Steve McCraney. We've been talking about failure in our search for the higher Christian life and have shared three truths with you that will deliver you from the plague of sin and shame and guilt that comes from not being able to live the higher Christian life by your own strength or in your own flesh, which, by the way, is truth number one, which basically states that there's no way you can produce anything good through your flesh. Never. It's an impossibility and it's not going to happen. But before we move on to truth two, we need to look at one final point about truth one. And this is both the good news and bad news about the higher Christian life that will directly impact the shame you may have felt when you fell short of the standard you set for yourself as a Christian. And by the way, you could never meet that standard in your flesh. Never. You wonder why? Well, see truth one. And there's so much we want to share with you today about the ups and downs and the good news and bad news of the higher Christian life. So let's jump right in, shall we? For the past couple of times we've been together, we've been looking at this issue of failure because the fact that you're listening to this podcast and the fact that you're striving for something more from Christ, that you desire this higher Christian life, shows you have desire. And if you've had desire, you've probably attempted to commit yourself to the Lord in a deeper fashion than you ever had before, do the spiritual disciplines that maybe you've neglected in the past, or do away with the sinful things that seem to grieve the Holy Spirit and drag you back into apathy. So we know the desire's there. But if you're like most believers, that desire has been met with marginal success, but profound failure. And what do we do with the failure? We get depressed, we try again only harder, and maybe we fail again even harder, and we realize that there's really nothing we can do to achieve this intimacy, this higher Christian life with the Lord. And if you're not careful, the overwhelming desire will be just to throw up your hands and quit. So we've talked several times on the issue of what the higher Christian life is all about, and we've shown you how It's changed the life of people who have experienced it. We did that early on when we first started talking about this. We've given you steps to be able to move into this higher Christian life, but we haven't dealt with the issue of failure. And so for the last week or so, we've been dealing with failure. And as I shared with you a few days ago, that there are basically three truths that if you will believe that God will see you through these three truths, it will give you a new perspective on failure and give you the courage to persevere and not quit. We began to look at truth number one yesterday regarding the discouragement that comes from a continual failure to live the sanctified life, especially in the flesh. And we concluded with truth one that it is impossible categorically impossible, can't be done for us to produce anything good in our flesh since it's still intertwined with our fallen sinful nature. 
Last time we were together, we spoke about the fact that our flesh is not redeemed, that that comes later on in this journey of salvation. So right now, we're still under its temptations. We're still under its pull. Therefore, that's why Paul says, what a wretched man that I am, because the things that I don't want to do in my flesh, I do. And the things I do want to do, contrary to my flesh, following the Spirit, I don't do. Who can rescue me and deliver me from this body and bondage of sin? And the answer, of course, is Christ Jesus, our Lord. The same answer for him and the same answer for us today. But our dilemma is the fact that understanding truth number one, that it is impossible for us to produce anything good in our fallen, sinful flesh that is the same flesh that we had before we got saved we find that we've spent most of our Christian life trying to prove that truth number one is false and that we can, contrary to Scripture, produce good in our flesh under the false illusion that God will be impressed by our efforts and pleased with our results, even though the Scripture says exactly the opposite. And then we scratch our heads and we wonder why the higher Christian life seems so elusive to us today, why it's so hard and why we keep failing. And we forget Romans 7, 18, which is in the middle of this treatise of Paul talking about the difference between the spirit and the flesh and the battle that he struggles. And what he says in Romans 7, 18 is, for I know that in me, and so that we're not confused with what me is, well, is that your spirit, Paul, or is that your body, Paul? He says, for I know that in me, parentheses, that is in my flesh, that I'm still encased in, that I still struggle with. He says, nothing good dwells. There is nothing good in my flesh. And this, of course, is after Paul's conversion. This is him writing a letter during his missionary journeys. This is Paul who experienced things that you and I, taken up into the third heaven, can't even imagine what that was like. And then Paul goes on to say, for to will is present with me. In other words, I want to produce good in my flesh. I want to do good, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. There's no way for it to be done. I'm stymied and I'm struggled by trying to live the Christian life, the sanctified life, the higher Christian life in the flesh. It simply can't be done. But nevertheless, we continue to try. So whether we're mature enough to embrace truth number one, or we're still stuck in the idolatry of our pride, I can do all things through Christ, and I don't really mean through Christ, I really mean through me, and so yes, I can do good things, and I don't like the fact that I'm incapable of doing anything. The fact is we must admit that our failure to live the higher Christian life is painful, and it's discouraging, and it often leads, as I shared with you before, to an irresistible desire to just be defeated and quit. But that is a course of action we must never take. After all, fully realizing our inability to live the Christian life in the flesh, hear me now, is the greatest blessing we can experience in our journey to the higher Christian life. The greatest blessing. Let me explain. In the higher Christian life, there is good news 
And there's bad news. The good news, of course, we already know about, that God has provided a means for us to experience him in ways most nominal believers can't even imagine. Most of us can't even imagine until it happens. And the sky's the limit. There's no barrier that keeps us from even growing closer to the Lord. I mean, how we experienced him today can be commonplace and elementary school compared to how we can experience him tomorrow and the next day and the next day, that no one ever fully arrives when it comes to the higher Christian life. A a great example of that is D.L. Moody. And one of his famous quotes is this, the world has yet to see what God can do with and for and through and to a man who was fully and wholly consecrated to him. I will try my best I will try my utmost, he says, to be that man. D.L. Moody recognized there was more to this life with Christ than he was experiencing. And the world has never even seen the totality of what God can do to somebody like that. But I hunger for that. I want to be that man. This is the mindset of those who seek the higher Christian life. And the good news is that this experience is possible and available and actually obtainable to each one of us today. It's just a matter of changing our mindset and changing the one who controls our life, which is usually us, and surrendering to him. The good news we know, but there's also bad news. But the bad news is, since God loves us, he will go to extreme measures to help us experience him. Well, that sounds like good news. No, not really, because many of the extreme measures he goes to to help us experience him is by correcting us, often with painful punishment or suffering when we're heading in the wrong direction, just like a good parent does to their child today. Remember this verse. This is Hebrews 12, 6, and it's an actual quote from Proverbs 3, 11 and 12. Remember this. It says, for whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges, ouch, every son whom he receives. A couple key words here, loves, chasten, scourges, son, and receive. This sounds somewhat cruel to our ears today because the word chasten and scourges conjures up image of abuse or harsh punishment or discipline, something our woke culture no longer associates with a father's love for his children. But the word translated chasten in the Greek means this, to bring up a child, to educate, train, influence, listen carefully, with the idea of chastising or punishment for the purpose of educating someone to conform to divine truth, getting someone off the wrong path and pointing them to the right path. And the word scourges is used figuratively to mean correct or punish and refers to, this is a quote, all suffering which God ordains for his children, which is always designed for their good. And if you're looking for some biblical support on that, try Romans 5.3 or Romans 8.28. Now remember, God only does this for those he loves. And that word is agapeo, loves them with a divine love. And he only disciplines or ordains suffering, that's that word scourges, for those in his family he receives to himself. That's why it says 
every son in this verse. So the chastening of the Lord is not meant for evil, but for our good. And it is ordained by a loving father who only desires us to experience him in a greater fashion than we are today. And if that doesn't put a smile on your face, there's even more. We ask the question, how does this relate to my struggling with holiness? And this, of course, is where it gets exciting. In all the times you failed in your walk with him and found the higher Christian life elusive and just beyond your grasp, you who may have thought, just like many Christians do, that you were of no use to God and your flaws or your inability to remain faithful made you a disappointment to him, someone that he wanted nothing to do with. You were ashamed of yourself for failing and you assumed God felt exactly the same way about you. And you may have been deceived into believing that your failures and sin defined who you are, and God only saw your past, what you were and still are, and not your future, what you could become in him. But God has a purpose in your suffering and shame. He is teaching you through your failures and discouragement that you cannot serve him with what is still yet unredeemed. You cannot produce anything good with your flesh. You must learn to trust and rest and abide in him and allow him to create his good through you. Yesterday, we talked about John 15 and the vine and the branches. I suggest you read that again today. This is the key to the higher Christian life. Their phrase in the Keswick movement was let go and let God. And it still applies today as long as we're willing to leave the results to him. Remember, God only disciplines those he loves. And his discipline can sometimes seem harsh, but he does this only to bring those he loves into a better understanding of themselves and of his pathway to the higher Christian life. So listen, if you've experienced shame and suffering and continual failure in trying to live in the flesh, the life only obtainable by his spirit, then rejoice and look up. For God, like a loving father, is simply trying to get your attention and bring you back on the right path to intimacy with him. It is all part of the process. It's all part of God's plan to weed out from you your dependence on yourself and your flesh and to bring you to the point of brokenness where you realize that you can do nothing in and of yourself and it all has to be through him. And rest assured that he will stop at nothing to give what is best to you, which is himself, because he loves you. So embrace his grace in your failures and repent right now of trying to live a spiritual life by your own flesh, and you'll receive the entrance to the pathway leading to the higher Christian life. I'm serious about this. Repent of this now. Surrender to him now. Yield everything to him now. Make John 15, first 15 verses, life passages for you. Commit yourself to rest and abide and trust in him. And you'll be well on your way to experiencing him in ways that before you couldn't even imagine possible. It's the higher Christian life. Now, this is truth number one. 
Tomorrow, we'll look at the second of these three key truths to the deliverance from failure and discouragement in your walk with the higher Christian life. And I think you'll be encouraged by what we find. So I hope this has been a blessing for you today, and I look forward to talking with you again tomorrow. Until then.